Liam and I were like just grabbing each other and sharing one of them, like because he lost his debit card. Oh wow! So we're like, "Fuck, Liam, you had to lose your debit card." All right, hop on. And we, it was like the scene in Dumb and Dumber when they're like uh, on the moped, like on the way to Aspen. He's like, "I gotta pee." He's like, "Just go." He's like, "Ah." Oh. It's kind of warm, but no, it was exactly <laughs> like that. So you're saying Liam P. Liam P. on you. He wishes he did. <laughs> he did have like a 24 pack of Podcast uh, episode four. Uh, you weren't here for episode three, Ward. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. All good. Yeah, just doing it without you. Um, so we have Justin from Glazed. Hello. What's up? Hello. Um, chilling at the punk house, obviously. Um, so I, uh, I want to give like like a brief introduction from like my my point of view. I'm excited for this. Well, like, I'm waiting for the time. When I started else. playing music, your band was established, and you were like the band that people said we should like aspire to play with. Like uh, when I, like my first show was with Farseek, and like didn't you do like a tour with Cameron? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely. Cameron's actually the person who got us into DIY. What? That, yeah, to the DIY, like, just realm. That makes sense. He he taught, yeah. Ward, you, I know you probably remember booking Cam. Yeah. And uh, he would try to get us on the shows here in St. Augustine. But that's cool that yeah. people said that y'all should play with us. So, like, but, like, you, how, how long has Glaze been going? Because, like, that was, for me, that was four years ago. Yeah. It was probably, like, yeah, 2013 is when we, mm-hmm. like, started being Glazed. Okay. So, now, when you're saying Cameron, like, got you into, like, DIY, like, what were you doing before? Were you just playing, like, I would, rock gigs? Yeah, I was, like, in a, like, I'd say a power pop punk band called Dancel, and it was like when i was in high school and like we'd play free bird and like okay the pit and like we'd have this image and like it was oh, just rip like the pit. yeah i know rip the pit great place i never got to go there but i've heard so many stories about it it's like yeah. it's there. awesome it was like the crossroads of of the of the jacksonville area because like the beach kids would come out it's closer to the beach obviously right. but like it was a good middle ground yeah, but yeah so it. cameron taught me about diy or just like all of us in general, because my idea of a DIY show probably before Glazed, or even Locals, which was before Glazed, was like a fundraiser or some shit. You know what I mean? Something that somebody puts together and gotcha. like does it themselves. Like, oh, I'm raising money for this, and like, can Glaze play or can you play? Right. You didn't know how like, like I'm, I'm raising were. money like for a trip to give water filters to Africa. Like, I'm gonna do a benefit concert. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, you mm-hmm. booked that yourself. Right. But then it wasn't until like. I was in a basement with my friend Ian and Cameron, and we were he was recording like a, a tape that we were gonna put out, mm-hmm. and then um, he got us into like making clothes and like screen printing stuff. Yeah, and, like, yeah. I was yeah. like, dang, this guy really does it himself, like everything. Yeah, like that was my intro to DIY. Was like I was doing art kids stuff before I was playing music, yeah. and like when I started meeting musicians who were like. Oh, like I just can. I'm. I'm just gonna shell out all this money for like screen printing. I'm like, I mean, you could just do it your, yourself. Yeah. Like, no, I would. Like, that sounds like a lot of time and effort. I'm like, but it, it's really like nothing is that hard. Like, it's cool to support people. Like uh, now, I definitely don't like doing screen printing, but like you could. And it's weird meeting bands who are just like think shirts fall out of the sky and they just have to like put money in the machine and like you know. Uh yeah, like. 
I uh, I remember, yeah, that moment in that basement. It's like, whoa, Cameron's like teaching my friend Ian how to make shirts. He's recording our demo himself. Yeah. And he's also booking like us, like at these different shows. And like Cameron's just like a normal person. It's not like he's a promoter or anything like that. Oh my! I and he he just like instilled uh, that like ethic into us mm-hmm. like of like okay you gotta like you gotta do it and like you could do it yourself honestly to have full control of everything. I don't, okay, I I don't know if I've actually ever clarified this with you, Ward. Would you consider yourself a promoter or are you a yes. booker? Uh, I do both. Yeah, I'm a I'm both. Do you have to be doing both on the same show? Like, do you no? Do you ever book and then just not promote? Um, if they want to do the promotion themselves, then okay. I can help them set up the show. Yeah. Um, I'd rather do both, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it's on me. If the show does bad, it's my fault. And I also have the confidence in myself enough to say, okay, I know St. Augustine well enough to, to if someone's, especially someone coming in from out of town that doesn't know St. Augustine, I can probably make it a better show just because I know the local area. Well, like, that's insane. interesting. Like when I started, I was actually just having a conversation with somebody the other day who was like correcting my terminology on mm-hmm. like booker, promoter, talent buyer, right. which is like such an odd phrase. Mm-hmm. But like uh, when people talk about the weight of a show going well on a promoter, it's like, I mean, if you put a bunch of flyers out for a show with bands that people don't know, even a well advertised, like you could do everything you want and you can sink as much money as you want to into promoting something, but like the content already has to be like people just have to know about something they already want to see. Right. You can't make people care about something they don't care about to start with. So right. it's like to me, it's always on the bands to encourage their friends and stuff to go. And that and it should be that way in part. It should be there's a system I kind of agree with. Uh the venue promotes the venue or they promote their show calendar. The promoter promotes that There's show. So many keywords in this sentence. Sorry, no, it's all good. <laughs> the promoter. Yeah. Pro- <laughs> I'm like <laughs> trying to turn my head away. <laughs> from the You're the non-musician in the room. You just right. back off from the mic. Yeah. See, I don't know that stuff. It's all good. The promoter promotes the show, that yes. specific show, and if it's like a big tour, obviously they're really pushing that tour. Right. And then the bands themselves promote the that show also. and like their set. Hopefully they promote that in a way of it's they say, Hey, we're playing this show on this night. Not we're playing at ten thirty, right. come see my set. Right. Right. The yeah, that's what it should be. They're just promoting like, hey, we have a show. And that's the way it should work. Um mm-hmm. but I also want the I also want the bands to really have a good time. And so sometimes bands will hit you up and they'll be like, We've talked to these locals and these locals and I read that and I'm like, I love those locals, but one of two things, either they don't have the draw that you right, could have with yeah. someone else and or if you play with this other band, the fans will like it more. You know, like sure. yeah. it's that understanding that, that if you're not from here, you don't know. Right. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So it was and, interesting um, talking about like uh, fans mm-hmm. versus like general attendance. Right. Um, when we were on tour recently, we were talking to some friends of ours who just got signed to like a like a medium sized label, I guess, and they were saying like, yeah, we uh, we're getting paid like a couple hundred dollars per show, like it's pretty much a guarantee system now. But because of that, the the types of bands who these promoters are getting to play these shows aren't really super DIY bands, and so the fan base that's coming out, even though it's 
more money and maybe a little bit more people, the people aren't necessarily the kind of audience they're looking for because they've been grinding it out in DIY for years. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is it even, I mean, it's great to make money, but at the end of the day, we'd all make more money if we just went to work like at our, like a right. regular job. For sure. So even if you come home from tour with some money, what's the point of it? If you didn't make fans, like you want to be selling merch and you want to be right. making fans because merch is just advertisement. Like, you know, it's advertisement fans. and money. Yeah. Like the, the money so part is nice, but like, right. you know, I'd, I'd but rather yes, sell right. a merchandise item than just somebody hand me $20. Right. You know, cause mm-hmm. it's like, if they're wearing my shirt, and especially in like social media age, mm-hmm. it's super important. Yeah, you can't pay for that type yeah, of right. advertising. No, it's true. And a lot oh man, whenever somebody wears your shirt and like tags you in the post, <laughs> yeah, you're just those like, are good. Oh, those are real friends. I right. know. I'm so like I was so like flattered when I saw promo pictures that Gil took <laughs> wearing a glaze shirt. I was I, like, I'm gonna oh be honest, I planned that out. Fuck like, yeah. I like I noticed it and I was like, oh my god. I mean like Because we yeah. shared it and we're like, yeah, yeah. guilt. And like, like yeah. uh every like whenever we've had bandmates join, a lot of times they come from either different genres or not necessarily playing like DIY. And we'll talk about outfitting. Like we don't have a there's no costuming to what we're doing. There's there's none of that. But like uh I'll say like you should be wearing a band shirt every night. And mm. the band shirt should be relevant to either like like you're wearing a get up kids shirt right now. Mm-hmm. That speaks to such a large group of people that it's like if you're in the middle of Oregon and somebody kind of likes emo, they're going to see that and like strike up a conversation, mm-hmm. which oh, is, yeah. with, and that's a window in. And I'm just wearing an icebreaker. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an icebreaker. And that's, I think that's the same thing mm-hmm. that patches and buttons and all that stuff yeah, are. And I absolutely. Think, I mean, I, we're signed to the label we are now because I, the person who what runs you signed it, to? it's called Ooze Records, very okay. small label, but um he they were wearing a uh blink 182 shirt in like yeah. one of my college classes and i'm looking at everybody else and i'm like okay yeah and, and obviously exactly. like i'm gonna yep. get along with this That's person, the person you have to talk to yep. and then it, it, you know well we're weird dude we put my music first like i feel like like in that weird like connection kind of way a lot mm-hmm. of my friends are it's just because of music and like i love it yeah and it's I mean, different and that communicate like the clothing communicates i like music this For is a sure. priority in my life right. and then and tours about meeting people yeah exactly mm-hmm. and then i think also having diy band shirts that you oh, like yeah. especially when you're in a region that they have toured through like there was certain spaces where i knew like i'm gonna wear my lung shirt today because lung is this like amazing diy band that some people aren't going to know about I'm not going to wear it at, like, the bro-y hardcore show. But in, like, the queer artsy space, I'm definitely going to wear this shirt. And people mm-hmm. can be like, oh, my God, you like Lung? I'm like, oh, I love Lung. You know, and that's, right. that's like, an icebreaker and almost, like, intro to friendship. Like, if this yeah. was The Sims, you're skipping, like, three levels. <laughs> like, we can, like, go hang out and, like, hold hands or something. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, we don't set these, like, hard, fast rules about whatever. But it's, yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. do think about that. And, like, I know when we were playing best like you know you're one of my favorite florida bands and i wanted knowing that there was going to be photography i wanted to show that in a way that was like i'm not just like sending you a message like hey i like your band but it's just like hey i like glazed and i think that you will probably like them or you already know them which is obviously gonna make you like me Uh, because they know that i have good taste I'm I'm so flattered. I'm like <laughs> blushing right now, Tyler. I noticed it. I like posted in our band group chat. I was like, oh my god, look at Tyler from fucking guilt wearing a glazed long sleeve New Balance ripped tee. Uh, I do. I also just 
you know, Florida bands doing long sleeves. It's it's slim pickings, <laughs> but know. like yeah, you actually I made know. it like a quality one that thank I wasn't you. just like, I guess this is the only long sleeve shirt I thank own. You, thank I've you, given man. them the same compliment before. I was yeah. like, you guys, it's like I noticed. Yeah, that's your the first time we ever above. heard that. Yeah, that's the first time we heard it. I was like, yeah. honestly, I never even thought about that. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, being from Florida, I mean, like. It's it's it's, it's a risk do. investing into the yeah. long sleeves, but like that's but the we're style. North Florida, right? So it's like I feel like we might Every be able to get away with it. Yeah, during like, like two months, we get out of yeah the year. one or two months in winter, um, which is all right, right? Yeah, I we mean, should have we should have printed them ourselves and in the screen printed them. Yeah, that's if you want, we're officially DIY, DIY posers, yeah. real DIY. Okay. <laughs> so like that's actually what I I've been waiting to talk to you for a long time about uh, your experience being from Jacksonville because like. I started in St. Augustine mm -hmm. and I, so I started off with a very small crowd of punks, very mixed, mismatched like genres, like not a lot of cohesiveness, people doing very like mixed genre bills just mm -hmm. out of necessity. The venues are free and there's no way that a national band is coming here unless they're playing the amphitheater and there's no openers. So like, that's my experience. And then we playing at places like ring of fire. No, or like I was playing Sarbez. Sarbez was? And, oh, okay, he didn't it. start till Sarbez. Okay, yeah, Ring was... of Fire isn't that where Sarbez? Yeah, used yeah. to be. Yeah, that was before I was in town or Tyler was. Okay. Yeah, out there. I know yeah. about that place. I mean, I mean, obviously there are other venues too. Yeah. Like you know, we could be talking about Nobbies. Well, no, I mean not the DIY. He said Nobbies. Okay, okay. Yeah, shout out. No, I, mean, I play. We play with y'all. Well, I know about uh, your history in there and the holdouts and right. Were you in Obongo too? No, no, okay, I just like okay. knew people in there, but okay. like, but it was like a that collective yeah, of the scene, yeah, that, which I thought was that is, crowd was I still a little bit cool. before me, but like I made friends with them. But um, okay, so like when I started playing in Jacksonville, I was like, this is the most greedy, money hungry <laughs> scene, and it's all about like clout and popularity. Where like these venues are charging you two hundred dollars a night to rent, they're doing ticket sales, they're doing pay to play. But by the same token, you have opportunities to open for national acts that are like relevant to your genre. So like mm -hmm. you could open for like whatever, like Citizen or like didn't you open for some bigger bands? Like what are the yeah. bigger bands you've opened for? Oh man, so like in De in Jacksonville, yeah, like we've opened for Basement. Okay, we've Basement, opened for yeah. Citizen. Okay, um, Super Heaven, um, like kind of like Spitting. You blew it all the time. We came okay. up with like. You blew it so fucking big. I, I so feel like you blew it is a special category because they're from Orlando. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. But we were, yeah, I guess, but they like toured, like they made it in my eyes. They made a record. Oh, yeah, no, like they, oh, yeah. they blew up. But like you, you could have gotten in with them before. Right. You know, and, and I like, I remember watching them blow up. But like, so seeing that, I was like, okay, so I, I understand where the money element comes in because you have this opportunity to open for this massive band. And like when I was... 14 or 15 and I was getting into music the way I got into bands was like I'd go see like I'd go see Manchester Orchestra because that was like a band that I really liked mm -hmm. and then I saw Oh Brother opening for them and then I would buy their merch and then I got into that band and then like I would go see if Oh Brother was playing and then I would see who was opening for them and that's like that's a good way to get fans absolutely but absolutely. also there's it's so tooth and nail with money and dealing with like shady promoters sure like how would you value playing to a national, like playing an opening slot for a national band and, and the work that goes into that and the money that you're not making versus like just regular DIY, like versus just like touring or just playing with like local bands? Like, do you think that it's like 
worth it to try to go that route because that's the route that's always been suggested to me stop touring so much and just wait around to open for somebody um you know it's hard to say i'll tell you what i'll start with when i first got into music in jacksonville yeah which was um i played a show at the pit uh rory mccoyd who runs for your friends booking yeah runs florida yeah he runs florida (laughs) big states in the east coast and uh, Rory, like, just gave me a shot when I was, like, 15 years old. And, um, you know, he gave us tickets to sell. And it was for a band called so- – we were opening for a band called Socratic, mm-hmm. who were, like, the last of the drive through records uh, right. bands. Like, mm-hmm. they were on, like, the – the I very last list. Ward seems. I never listen. I never listened to Socratic. It's like piano that. rock. But like, if you know who I'm they older, are. so yeah. I know who they are. It's like Ben Folds Stone. I remember. Rock. I remember okay. when Drive Through Records was like the big like pop punk indie okay. label. Yeah, and we were, we played with a band called a JC Project okay. from Jacksonville back in the day. Shout out to Dane. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, we had like 15 tickets to sell and like. I didn't even question it because I was so young at the time, but um, you know, I think I think it's good to have a like like everything in life. It's good to have a balance. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, you, like it's it's good to at least um, put like an application out there and just be like, hey, like you know, this band's coming. We're playing a, with uh, Free Throw and Seaway and right. Heart Attack Man uh, later this month through for your friends. Um, and we have to sell tickets for it. We got to sell thirty tickets, right? And I mean, yeah, we—it's something we actually don't do often. This is the first show this year that we're selling tickets to, mm-hmm. right? And everything you know uh, until then has been good, and it's been rooted in the DIY scene, the kind of bug house like booking scene, right? Of course, we brought up we brought up bug house before yeah. here because like that's you know that collective of bands is that's it's sort of the like bizarro world version of the St. Augustine scene where a lot of bands sound very similar and like they're all buddies with each other and they all play these shows and they're all fine with the venues taking 200 bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like it just works out somehow. It, it and, and I got there's a bigger crowd. And that, yeah, I got a shout the out. norm. Yeah. yeah. That well, really is the norm I get in it. a lot of places. It's not a rent as much maybe the norm, but though that does happen too. But I came from in Tallahassee where it was the venue just said, okay, here's the deal. We will give you the night. We will even do the print the flyers for yeah, you. Yeah. It will, and you come pick them up. You promote. You push it. You get door after the door makes like 200 or however much. Well, yeah, that, and that's how the venues right. work in Jacksonville. Yeah, and too. so it's like, and, and I get it because it's that, because they say, otherwise, I'm paying for a sound guy. I'm paying for a bartender. I'm paying for all this. If no one shows up to your show at my venue, I'm losing money. It's funny. I've actually gotten in trouble with venues because, you know, I came up at Nobby's where, like, the sound guy is whoever's not playing. Right. You know, like, I didn't know how to run a PA. And somebody's like, hey, can you turn the mics on? And I was like, I mean, I guess. And they're like, it just think of it like an amp. And I just turned the knob. That is DIY. And so, like, I. And venue owners would be like, well, it's 150 and 50 of it goes to the sound guy. And I was like, hey, can I save myself 50 bucks and I can touch your PA? And they're like, well, no, we have this, like, state of the art PA. And I run in and it's like a toaster with, like, an aux cord in it, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But, like, that's, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. just. I, I ran into some culture shock when I started right. trying to book these bigger venues because yeah. they were just like, no, mm-hmm. you're going to give us the money because we're having a professional door guy. I'm like, I can sit on a bar <laughs> stool and ask people for money. Right. I can yeah, do yeah, this. Yeah. yeah. 
But uh, I mean, honestly, um, I've I've worked I worked door on our last tour mm-hmm. and a yeah. few shows. Yeah, like, I worked door when I yeah. was on tour. Yeah, I actually got inspiration uh, <laughs> in Tallahassee. We played. Um, Fuck, what's that place that we play? Vacation House. Vacation House. Yeah. I Vacation ran door there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Luke, who helped us book it, was like, yeah, Tyler from Guilt really like set the fucking bar. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because like he made like 170 bucks like in door money that and is the most every, anyone's ever uh, gotten paid. And, and I, mean, I, I mean, it was like a well-attended show, but it wasn't yeah. the world's most well-attended mm-hmm. show. And I really think it was just because like I'm used to running door at Sarbez and stuff, so the minute somebody walks past me, I'll just like tell them, you know, whatever, yeah, five right. bucks. And I, a couple of people looked around like for their friends, like, like the audacity, yeah, you know, no, but then right. like whatever they, they did it. <laughs> yeah. And I think also working in like food service where it's super rude. If somebody who's already ordered comes back in and you're like, hi, welcome to marble slab. Yeah. I have to remember people. So it's like, I didn't mm-hmm. ask people twice yeah. and they seem pretty cool about that. Yeah, that's yeah. just the part of the mindful part, I guess, of, of doing yeah. the job. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's a job. And I think Definitely. like I'm here to show up to work. I don't care if I have to get my hands dirty and like for sure ask people for money. Oh no, right? And, and the it's, money's it, going and to it's, me. <laughs> and it's like that, you know, because you and I are are rooted in this DIY shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and it's nice to to play the bigger shows as well, though. Like yeah. when I don't know, I'm thinking about Warden Ward was talking about the that holy trinity of like the promotion. Yeah. Um, being in your role that you are right. in, and um, you know. Yeah, I get people need to get paid. I get the band that is on tour has like probably a guarantee that we need to help. Um, that's I, I think thing. it's honestly a necessary evil for mm-hmm. first. Uh, it's a case by case circumstance shit. But if you're playing yeah, like a yeah. Florida DIY show, and like you know you're asked to sell tickets, it's kind of like I I, I would never expect like a min like I would never expect to have to buy out my tickets for a show like that. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? exactly. And so what happens like in in is Rory's thing a pay to play? So like if you don't sell all 30 tickets, do you have to pay Rory for what you didn't no, sell? No, no, no. Rory's not like that at that's all. That's kind of what yeah. I figured. So and so it's not like you're necessarily as in trouble. Yeah, you know, I mean you like have that relationship with him. Definitely, yeah, exactly. I mean, right. he's been booking me since I was like 15 and now I'm playing right. his show fucking like later this month. Right. But yeah. um yeah. If anyone ever bought their own tickets, it's because they wanted to and, like, not to disappoint mm-hmm. Rory. Right. But the way that I view him and, like, really what he's done for the scene and in, in my experience is, like, he just set the found like set the bar that, like, anyone can really do this shit and play right. with their favorite bands. Well, like, right. I've always heard good things about that because I think pay-to-play mm-hmm. is a very broad term yeah. right. that includes – a sensible ticket sale thing because we've got big bands that do have big guarantees. You know, like Florida is, is a state that bands don't want to come to for some reason. Yes. And so I think when you get it's nothing, yeah. it's not on the way to anything. Well, I think it's just geographically kind of that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. So it's like uh you know, you want I want to see basement in Florida. And I I would understand as a promoter if they have a guarantee that they need to meet. And so I, I see what you're saying about ticket sales, but there are promoters promoters who will say like uh if you however many you sell defines your slot on the list or if you don't sell enough then you have to buy your your tickets mm-hmm. out like there's a lot of shady yeah, that's bullshit. there's yeah there's a lot of bad stuff going on for sure right. and yeah they're assholes for yeah. sure yeah i i would never ask someone to pay for their tickets or if you don't sell enough you have to but i also see i like the idea of a show being big enough i'm like listen i'm going to do pre-sale for this yeah sell pre-sale tickets 
because that's also just another way of promoting. Exactly. Yourself. Yeah. There's that's, a show that's also it's promoting. actively like promoting. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a um, bug house booking show this Sunday that the pre-sales are cheaper than at the door. So yeah. I'm going to buy them early. And Hell yeah. I, you know, I'm definitely one of those people who sits on the interested button right until the day of the show. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, I mean, it's, it's give us a little surprise the day of, well, I don't know. I hate Numbers when your friends think you're, that they're being supportive by clicking going. Yeah. Because I would rather people expect my band not have a lot of draw. And then we come and there's like 10 people and they're like, holy crap. Like, you know, yeah. Versus. I have a bunch of internet friends and it looks like we're going to draw well. And then we disappoint people like they're not going to book you again. Yeah. Yes. But like speaking of like, I guess internet stuff and like numbers like that, like I'm, I'm a pretty numbers oriented person. That's Mm -hmm. how we decide where we're going again. And like, you know, how shows went the data. Yeah. So you're data driven. Do you see that spiking when you play these shows with, with these, with these big bands? Like is, is the labor and like, and you also have to consider like, you can't play as many local shows when you're playing on these big shows and mm-hmm. you can't tour out as much. So considering you might make five new Instagram followers or like whatever, five new Facebook likes per show and maybe sell like three t-shirts, mm-hmm. the amount of shows you're not playing in order to save up for this, are you getting your value out of it? Are you getting like 20 new followers and selling like 10 shirts at these big shows? You know, um, we Definitely hustle merch on these bigger shows because okay. that's where we really are leaving an impression. And like we said, merch is advertising. Connecting people. So. Well, here's the thing. Here's where we could like just root it all. I think kids who go to the shows with the bigger bands um, are relatively on more on the normie scale of okay. people yeah. because they're not involved in the scene. Yeah, They stay on the internet and they like, you know – are drawn to these bands because these bands have this like already established yeah, yeah, presence yeah. on sure, the right. internet and you know with the help of their labels and stuff like that so they don't really know a world that exists beyond the concert so you're saying you're reaching people who you would never interact with just being in DIY I think so the majority that makes of the people total sense right. and 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 those people have money yeah no it's true and and I think to a degree you're more sort of uh like marginalized like scene kids are going to be your more rabid fan base yeah but there are people who like are more like normal have normal lives only attend artsy events every Mm -hmm. now and again who could still really follow you Mm -hmm. if your band appeals to them when they Mm -hmm. see you like that that makes that makes a lot of sense, and I it, think that's a value that you can't get out of just grinding DIY. Yeah, you know? it's a, de- a different demographic that you have mm-hmm. access to to make an impression on. And at the end of the day, glazed in anything I'm in, I just I hope to connect with people sure. in any sort of way, whether it's a Get Up Kid shirt that I'm yeah. wearing or it's like the actual music that we're playing, because a lot of those factors go into like what Reed and I, who plays guitar in my band, is mm-hmm. like a eureka moment when you're watching a band. And you're like, yep. I'm going to buy that fucking shirt. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. when Pool Kids played, I was like, yeah, I'm copping the shirt. You know? Yeah, like that's, that's definitely a thing. Um, like, where I'm on tour, and it's like, I have $20 to get me through the next two weeks of food, but I'm going to buy this T-shirt because, like, I need this. I need mm-hmm. to think about this band that yes, often. Yes, yes, absolutely. And and like I said, uh, a crowd, like, like, at a bigger show is more, like, I'd say impressionable. But, like... It's special. It's different than the DIY. I know we all know that. It's different. It's more. It's just. It's not. 
It's magical. There's, yeah, that's yeah. totally different. It's magical. Yeah, I feel cool. like whenever I'm at bug house shows or like at DIY shows, I'm like, wow, like time just kind of stopped. And, you know, all our friends are here and, you know, these, mm-hmm. even these new people that we're meeting, they're the people who I'll connect with on more of a personal level. Right. Right. And, and maybe I'll follow them on Instagram and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like I'll stay connected mm-hmm. with them, which, which I cherish as well. That's a different type of support like mm-hmm. you were talking yeah, about. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, that's interesting. That's I, that I, residual support. Yeah. I, I guess I expected it to be, like you said, like a little of both. But it to be sort of the same value, but in different quantities. But it, yeah. you're you're describing a totally different value, which is cool. I would say that by doing the biggers and getting the like you kind of said like the more normy, that's <laughs> how, especially if you're not in a band, that's how you then can get into the DIY scene. You know, like oh, so. Yeah. yeah know, like, I mean, that's how I got reverse. into it. I don't play an instrument. I'm a senior in college. Start hanging out with a kid that started booking small shows and managing a like a local band. I liked this band at this show. I bought the shirt, you know, and next thing I know, I'm going to house shows and da, da, da. Yeah. And that's how you get into it. So it, it works both ways. You are a doorway when you're playing the bigger shows for sure. a fan like that mm-hmm. that just hadn't experienced it yet. No, but, absolutely. And I know? think especially pop punk really fits the bill for that because mm-hmm. you're you're referencing something that's very difficult to like for a lot of people like punk like traditional punk is very abrasive Mm -hmm. on purpose you know Mm -hmm. like it doesn't want people to like it where and pop music is obviously viewed by most people as like 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 rock heads as like sort of beneath them Mm -hmm. they would never condescend to listen to pop music and i think pop punk just like really fills that void it speaks to young people and it speaks to people who like going to live music experiences because of the high energy definitely like it's it's Mm -hmm. this like perfect connective doorway speaking of which you play a song right <laughs> yeah okay so absolutely. is it is it from the glazed record or is it like a like a new um so it's i don't even it, it's not on anything really it's Ooh, like boy. It, it's what i'm calling just the new general song single <laughs> mm-hmm. because you're asked to play a song this is well it. well we released it and it's not necessarily the single from an ep that we're gonna release it's just but, a single. but it's just it's like it's our little um, blip on the sonar, you know what okay. I mean? It's our little existence meter or buoy. What's the name? It's called New York City, and I. Uh, it's a it's a cool song. I was learning like a lot of like Disney romantic style chords when I was writing it, and then I was like, okay, cool, like let's just do this fucking fast, and like you know how saves the day would take these like chords and do that, and then I'm also like gonna take these lyrics that I wrote in a notebook. And uh, try to put it to it, and I like kind of jambled it in like in a lifetime kind of like, in a lifetime kind of way, lazy lip style, glazed, um, and we did it, and it's sick. We were, I I named it New York City because we went on tour and we went there in 2017. Okay. And I sort of had this like coming to fucking, the earth moment, where I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm really fucking out here, uh, because of music, and it's a song about. I'd say the relationship between um, trying to pursue this selfish fucking endeavor and um, being, like, I guess, financially stable yeah, and having yeah. to fucking sell out and, yeah. and work a normal the job. And, yeah, exactly. Um, All right, cool. And that's what it's about, yeah. I want to hear it. Let's do it. Absolutely.
forgive me. These walls are thick like sixth grade textbooks. I'm in bed making important decisions from my cell phone. And president set up the train wreck. Scared to dive at first or the bathing. Scared I won't make it before I turn 27. Well, the grades at the top half of this hourglass are gone. Spent the bulk of our days in your bed undressed. That's too bad, I'm sorry. Remember New York City. Remember Washington, D.C. you said to me Life could get so hard on nights like these Especially And I request you in custody Of all the roads you see Above your bed when you sleep Am I annoying to you yet? What can I take to pretend to forget? Why can't we find a paper clip and take the hit reset How much this relationship can I dissect without getting sick? Yeah. Remember New York City Remember watching something All right, cool. We're back. Um, Hello. I immediately want to talk about releasing singles because I was having a conversation with Ben from Teen Divorce at Pulp Fest. Uh, great last band. Year. Yeah, great band, great festival, like, good, just good everything. And Ben was giving me like the football play for Teen Divorce. And Ben was like, here's the move. Singles. And it was just release a single, wait release a single weight and that's how music moves now and uh ben gave me this whole like dissertation on how because of like the digital era of music releasing records doesn't really matter mm-hmm. and even singles being used previously as promotional tools for a record now it's just a single mm-hmm. and you want to get a bunch of plays and that's it and and you really don't have to have a big record that follows because people might not care about the record they're gonna put your single on a playlist and i mean the playlists are king at this point Mm -hmm. so like you were saying you released a single without any intention to put it onto a record or anything like was that a business move so or was it just sitting around it it was just a necessary move because glazed in my eyes didn't exist to the public because we hadn't released music since 2016 and we were that just was only the thing I thought about Glaze. Yeah, so we were just like playing shows, and we had this record that you know, we wrote these songs when we were like nineteen. So you know, we went in, we went in with Josh Cobb at Rock Bot Studios in November. Oh, okay, yeah, I know them. And yeah, and it was awesome. 
Shout out to my getaway. And we recorded them. One of the songs was New York City. And we were like, hey, we have to put this out now. Yeah. And um, yeah, we did it. And we didn't even announce the album really yet. We kind of did with Ward's article. Um, but oh, what's the article in? In Narrow. Okay. Narrow Magazine, yep. shout well, out. Well, by the time this gets released, it's going to be. Yeah. Right. Look at but it you online. Could, yeah, you Go can find still it on read the it online. <laughs> yeah, Guilt, Guilt and Glaze share the cover. It's true. true. I still have not seen this. I was on tour when it came out. Oh, it's sick. I'm I'm honored to be on the uh, the magazine cover. Thank with you. For sure. Um, but e- yeah, North so, Florida emo. Truly. But um, okay, we're talking about singles. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, like I. Well, like social. Ben's my neighbor. Ben's yeah, my okay, neighbor. We okay. talk about this a lot. You know, he, we're always like. I love the talking shit. about business with Ben. Yeah, Ben. Ben knows what he wants. Like long term, they have long term goals and shit. And mm-hmm. you know, David's the drummer, so. And <laughs> David's the. Dr- <laughs> yeah, David is the drummer, so he's like, that that that's a deadly duo in the DIY verse. Yeah, but um, like you're talking about, you know, being sort of like dead to the world. Like, uh, yeah, I think again, this is. I don't know if this is necessarily even more in a social media age because like back before we had that, if a band wasn't releasing content, they literally could just be actually just gone and yeah. you wouldn't know that. Exactly. But like, uh, I think with social media, like you have to keep posts up, you have to keep content flowing and, or you will literally become invisible to people where like you'll lose priority in their, in their feeds. Mm-hmm. So I think like really there is an imperative now to release content just to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, I was talking to a friend at a label and he was like, you know, look at these rappers who have literally one song out and like thousands and thousands of monthly listeners. Whereas your band puts out a record and you've got a couple hundred, but that's eight songs. And if you divide the total amount of listeners by the amount of songs, each song's getting like nothing. And he's like, you know, these rappers know what they're doing. They're just releasing one single and mm-hmm. promoting it super hard. And and so a record labeler, you know, somebody with money looks at you and goes, well, if that's what they can do with one song. I mean, that we, you know, the social media age, we live in this instant gratification era. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, people like Lil Nas and like Blueface in the hip hop realm can come out with like a single and just blow the fuck up. So it's in my eyes, it's like it depends on what kind of songwriter you are. If you want to release like a 12 song like LP, do it. But to me, it's it's consistencies that's going to like give you like access to to new people with these new algorithms and stuff consistency as in releasing material consistently exactly okay and Mm -hmm. and, but it's easier to release singles and honestly the way that the music industry now is it's so different you know um the traditional model of like put an album out do the tour cycle even the word tour cycle seems yeah at this point what the fuck's a tour cycle well I, i remember talking to a friend uh who put a record out and they were saying, oh, well, an album has like like a lifespan where mm-hmm. like, you know, after the first couple of months, your diehard friends, fans, et cetera, are going to have bought it. Then you go on tour to promote it to people who don't know you. And then pretty much after that first year, it, it's over. Mm-hmm. You got to make something new because that's it. It's lived its life. And, and, and like, I think it, there's a tangible relevance to it because back when albums and it were a thing in CDs and holding the album and before you could really get on the internet and just like have millions of artists like at your fingertips. Yeah. Um, and I still make, only it, listen to seven. Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes sense to, to put out like that out the, to do that record company, traditional style shit, but it's 2019. Yeah. We got to put singles out. We have to like basically just cast our line out uh, yeah. that, or that, that that's my humble opinion for sure. Like, well, you were talking about like, 
rappers and i i i i've just been getting into this like rap matters guitar rock doesn't matter right now like any guitar <laughs> rock band who isn't paying attention to rap isn't trying to be successful like they're mm-hmm. just i mean it's totally fine if you just want to play the music you play and like accept where the ceiling is yeah. for popularity for rock bands right now but like if you're really trying to blow up like you have to be paying attention to rap and Absolutely. maybe trying to cross over like a little bit or go on tours with yeah. like non-traditional like bands that don't just sound just like you or like rappers and stuff and i was thinking about like uh like a phrase that i used to hear from my mom all the time growing up was like oh i listened to the single on the radio and i bought the record and the record sounds nothing like the single and i hate it i hate that this band like they tricked me into buying their record you know Mm -hmm. do you think that there's a little bit more acceptance for playing around with your sound when you're just releasing singles because nobody's expecting a cohesive record like do you think that you're you're allowed to do that like like you mentioned uh, Pool Kids earlier. Mm-hmm. When they released Pool, the like April Fool's joke, literally I love that record. Me too. But it didn't even it didn't even feel weird for me. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, this math rock band is dropping a beatdown record. That's fine. We all come from the same yeah, like, like, fucking the, the, If they had the dropped a rap record, I would have been like, okay, it's still Pool Kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like and I I think that would not have happened I in think, 1990. Yeah, I think the accessibility, like the means that we have now to produce stuff like it shouldn't matter yeah and um so it's more of like following an artist than like yeah for sure you know if you're team consistent. pool kids you're team pool kids or if you're team guilt you know you're team guilt you know yeah. no matter what y'all do you also y'all do a lincoln park cover i thought it was <laughs> fucking sick you know what i mean that didn't go over as well as i thought it would i liked it i mean I like in, in general on tour like you know i we you play a cover as yeah. you do to to get the audience to stop checking their phones because your set's 20 minutes in and you want to wake them back up but like mm-hmm. No, the front bottoms is always the answer. Lincoln Park, we played Fiddler, did nothing. Oh, wow. We've played My Chemical Romance and nobody looked up. It's whack. Maybe we're getting old. We're getting old, yeah. Maybe we're getting old and we need to be covering like uh fucking Baby Shark. I've to these asked kids my band <laughs> to let us do Baby Shark and they will Okay, we're not even going to talk about that. Good. It's a good like sound check song. Yeah, okay, so we yeah. always sound check to um Smash Mouth. Cool. Just, oh my god! Really? But, but like, it's like re- it's like these really dissonant, like the most heroin era Nirvana chords that yeah. I could think of, and uh, I just start screaming, and I think that sets up the precedent for the band, where it's like, yeah, we start off droopy and then I scream, and that's how pretty much all of our songs are structured. Yeah. Well, when you're in a band like where you know you're not sound checking before the crowds in the audience, I feel like it's a clout grabber. <laughs> like, yeah. No. It's we true. like we want to do. Um, we lo- we're we're trying to do like a that seventy show theme song. Oh yeah, intro, which would be sick. We, we think. did Malcolm in the Middle. Nobody knew. Oh it. my gosh. Yeah, I'd go crazy if I heard that. I think part of it's figuring out where you are. Yeah, like certain crowds that will work for certain crowds it won't. No, it's true, yeah. and and it's weird like trying to pick a room apart and be like, I can. We talked about like seeing T shirts. I can look across the room and say, Oh, you've got a Get Up Kids shirt. I bet you listen to me without you too. Mm-hmm. But like looking at somebody with a get up kids t-shirt and thinking what cartoons did you grow up on like that's such a weird like uh thing to try yeah, to conflate yeah, yeah. but like last night uh i was at a show and fun bearable played the scooby-doo soundtrack or nice. whatever theme song and i was just like was it was it the original or like the simple plan one no no it was the original okay hell yeah i but like I both was, versions no it was it was <laughs> genius and i was just like yeah this got the whole room going i don't know why i never thought of that and i was just like what other Right, because that's like, outside of the realm of like music, quote unquote. Yeah, no, exactly. But I and I also think that that's part of being a band now is 
you're basically an entertainment company. I think seeing yeah. artists like um, like Tyler the Creator's collaboration with Converse on the Flower Boy shoes. Oh, those are awesome. And like making them affordable, making mm-hmm. them not like a high tier sneaker. Like at this point, there's people who only know Tyler from designing shoes, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. he's a rapper too," you know. Oh and and like that's how we know we're getting old because well, all I the mean, great Tyler albums came out when we were younger. It's true, but like you know, I I think that's that's where it is now. Like it, music yeah. is at such a weird. Spot. It transcends just the music. And yeah, it's, it's more about like figure. yeah, it's a brand. You know, it really mm-hmm. is. And I talk to people like uh, like the band Intervention all the time, and we we talk about like the brand Gla- Glazed has a funny brand. I would say, you know, as far as like well, Glazed is already an interesting name. I like, know it, it sets I know. up it a definitely us, like kind of like kind of silly. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like you're you're not like our goal isn't for you to take us so seriously. Yeah, it's pop. It's to you, you it's, can't. Yeah, we want you to enjoy yourself. We want to put a show on, and we want to have record music that that you can connect to, no matter what. You know, we, we play pop punk. We also play emo. We play like a little bit of R and B in some of our stuff. That's cool. Um, as far as like image goes, I think we're interesting. Like Liam, our drummer, wears a visor, just, and that's it. Just every time. Every time he's like on stage, it's like his alter ego. He just wears it. You know, I saw that, it. and yeah. I always wondered why he looks like he's a not high like that. Coach. Not on stage, you know. He's like, or no, no, on tour, like it's like you know, when Liam puts on the visor, like Liam, like Lily, <laughs> Hobo Ken, that's his like tour nickname, <laughs> comes out, and it, and it's sick, and like Reed, we wore like a ten gallon hat and like Those some short shorts, shorts. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome in the spirit of Texas, you know, and then like you know, Brian, I feel like this uh, happens every podcast where I love talking to bands about their like outfits. Like oh, it does yeah. fashion's important to us. Yeah, for sure. We like shoes, and we like like. Well, how you're it looks you're one of the guitars. most like put together, like fashionably dressed people I know. But it's it's not that like, uh, it's not that flashy fashion. It's the like the subtle flex. Yeah, no, you've got like track oh, pants had, on, but the they're Adidas. the nice track pants. Yeah, like uh, that. That look is so far beyond me because I don't <laughs> look like I go to the gym. So it'd be weird if I wore track pants. And I don't know which ones are like high tier and low tier. Like I would just get the the Walmart brand, and people would be like, "What's this idiot?" I mean, I'm into the Shia LaBeouf uh, athleisure style. Athleisure, oh no, athleisure. I know Ben, ben from Teen Divorce will make fun of me all the time for. It. He's like, "Bro, every show we play together, you're always wearing these fucking sweatpants," and I'm like, "Yo," but you, I mean, but it's I a know. look, you know, like there's <laughs> yeah, definitely they're like paying attention to like what like the artsy like whatever college kids are wearing right now. Like, yeah, that is. Super a look for sure, but but it is passion over fashion for sure. <laughs> I will say, in the words of H2O, um, for sure, I, I earned this. No, I'm just kidding, I didn't earn anything. <laughs> you know, I just I like to be comfortable, Tyler. Yeah, I'm I out mean, here trying to be emo and like relate to the kids. <laughs> which, yeah, which is the most important part of that is that Evo just, does yeah. not relate to the kids. Anymore. And honestly, I'm hoping to find a wife. Lovely. Yeah, it does. It, in my it in my subtle again. emo moves. Evo I'm does. Telling you, it's coming back. Okay, well, what do you call kids? Okay, I I literally work with 17 year olds. Right. And every year I ask them, you know, like, what are you listening to? And like right now, the newest coworker I just met. Was like, do you listen to Khalid? I was like, oh, DJ Khalid. I'm slightly relevant. I know what this is. And they're like, no, idiot, Khalid. They're like, it's like pop R and B. Yeah. And I like like looked it up on Spotify when I got home, and I was like, what? And like, but that's 
what I listen to in the shop, you know, when I have to put on music that mm-hmm. children can listen to. Yeah. But like when I'm by myself, it's just trap. And this is the most like white <laughs> kid about to go to Maine on a college scholarship. Like, but it's just trap. And yeah. it's not like, I think there was this transition phase from when I was in high school, which was like rap was kind of reemerging. Yeah. And then like, but kids were listening to like rock and stuff. And now it's like 0% rock music for like, normie like teenagers it goes back to that guitar driven point that you were talking about with music um i don't know i i I would agree i mean everyone's talking about how rap and hip-hop is like the new rock and well it's because it's it's diversifying yeah where rock isn't one thing you know that like emo is a genre of rock but now emo is a genre of rap how awkward is it when you try to explain your band sound to people who don't normally listen to it so my mom just sat me down after our last tour and was like, my coworkers ask what your band like genre is, and I never know what to say. And I was like, emo. And my mom was like, that's not a genre. I was like, it's literally been a genre since 1982. And then I like give her the whole dissertation on emo, and then we. It I know. Work. See, I can't even. Get, I don't even have the time. Like at that point, I'm just like. like but unless yeah, you we were... sound like Blink 182 or like New yeah, Fan yeah. Boy or some shit. At this, at this point, I'll like. Relate it to Green Day. To people I can't be like, no, we us. sound like the Apple You could go with Nirvana, probably. Drive like Jake. You yeah. could get away with Nirvana for relating kids. to someone like that. Yeah, I mean... Oh, I mean, because if you weren't either super into underground yeah. or in high school and college in the early 2000s, one or the other, you don't know what emo means. Okay, here's my here's my favorite thing about this. Um, I got this friend that's been like, like my child. Like, I emotionally <laughs> invest so much like care into this person and like making sure that they were trying to like grow up on the right path. And they, uh, when I met, I literally held a law dispute record at a show for them. So it didn't get broken. Like that's where they started. And now they're doing emo rap. So it's, it's oh, been interesting in, right? being like over the past four to five years was there's it's already on the way out. They're still, emo. I'll say it right now. Emo rap is already on the way no, out. No, I, I, I kind of back it. My, I'm not. I like Lil Peep, yeah, and I'm I like no, no. It. But you're right. It's already on the way out because Suicide Boys yeah. got so popular, they became the face of it, and they're going to be Fall Out Boy. They're going to be, they're going to either go mainstream or they're going to quit. There was a time when Fall Out Boy was the face of emo and pop punk, and that lasted how long? And now exactly. they're no. Oh, you're yeah. absolutely right. I wish that. I was in Fall Out Boy. That's what I was now? born to do. Now? I mean, just. Uh, they're e- they're they're sitting down and making money right One now. Of the, okay, they're so making money in their. I th- I've I've watched them. My first concert was Fall Out Boy, and punk. this is when they were releasing Infinity on High. And then I saw them come to St. Augustine when they were doing uh, Moog Centuries. Co- yeah, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Some Centuries. like current record. Yeah, and I thought listening to their production, like I would hate to be Andy Hurley. Oh, because sure. Earth Crisis is his past. Well, it's just, <laughs> it's just like you used to get to do stuff, yeah. and now it's just. First two oh, albums, I, I mean, first two albums, it was still pop punk. Yeah, no, I mean, exactly. first album, it was more punk with some pop. Are you talking yeah. about Evening Out with Your Girlfriend? Andy uh, wasn't on that. Oh, I don't know. That's the OG. No. Album. Yeah, are you talking about it. Take This to Your Grave? Take This to Your Grave. Yeah, oh, I love that's that the one movie. I know. Yeah, uh, the, I just always call it the Blue Album because it covers Blue. I don't ever yeah, remember yeah, name yeah. of no, it. No, it's Take This to Your Grave, and it's got Dead on Arrival. And oh yeah, that's that's the music I'd listen to, like being a middle schooler and being like, ah. I can't wait to have a girlfriend when I'm older. Like, <laughs> I is that just... what you're making now? Is that is that the glaze? I mean, listening to the, no, the, to glaze... the song you played, I was just like, man, I wish I had a girlfriend, and I do have a girlfriend. But that's yeah. how that song made me feel. Really? <laughs> oh my gosh! It it it. it... 
it draws similarities, you know. <laughs> I don't like to say that the music's about like a relationship or, or anything per yeah. se, but it definitely could be inferred as such. I know a little bit from talking about oh, it. And Lord, then Lord, the, Lord, don't, the no, article in Narrow, that's, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, is we like, are not cross-promoting on this. I'm sorry, <laughs> but that's how I learned some about it. Shout but out. One of the cool things, like what uh, Justin mentioned to me when, he's, when I first got to hear New York City, um, maybe what two months ago or yeah. a month ago when you sent it to me uh, you know and i was like i always hate to say what something sounds like because what if that's not sure. what they were going for at all and oh, someone else could hear it and it sound and it not be that but i would you know to you told me up front you're like dude we're trying to listen to the music that was kind of like inspiring to us yeah er, late 90s early 2000s emo and that was when i first got that idea i started thinking about it i'm like emo is like has already been kind of coming back but in northeast florida it's definitely making a comeback. It's not that people necessarily that was their goal, mm -hmm. but then you have someone that's been around or a band that's been around as long as Glaze that you know like that fits right into it. But oh, it, it and, and to me, emo is uh, such a word that has so much like it's interwoven. Like right. emo could be math rock. Yeah. Emo that, could okay. Be, oh, that's dude. hardcore. Oh, yeah. That's emo what totally. I was gonna like say. Like, that, like I, all the subgenres. Totally. Whenever we go on tour, I always. Uh, we're, we're like super in overtime. I don't care. This is a story I'm going to tell. The people need okay, to know Okay, I have about one this. thing I want to talk about too with you. Okay. Personally. Yeah. So oh. we just went on tour <laughs> and we played with a bunch of metalcore bands in Texas. And I never liked metalcore. Like personally, I just, there's something disingenuous about the level of production that metalcore gets. It kind of takes the punkiness away from me. Mm -hmm. I, I guess disingenuous is wrong. It's just too polished. Mm -hmm. But uh, being from North Florida where emo means... We listen to microwave and we're very twinkly and very math inspired. We're super weird and out of place. We're always For the sure. heaviest band on the bill and mm -hmm. it feels weird. And then playing with metalcore bands where we are the lightest band on the bill, they loved it. And I always feel like in Florida, emo means math. There's no emotional hardcore. Like yeah. I don't know any emotional hardcore bands. I don't even know any hardcore bands because the one time I tried to do like a hardcore show in Jacksonville, my friend almost got shot. Fuck. Mm. So anyhow, Damn. what's your thing? <laughs> well, while well, he's laughing, not well, right damn. now, but well, that'll damn. come back. To damn, you. Tyler. <laughs> because just from someone like, because like you said, emo is so many different things, and um, like the the soft, you know, like the softer stuff that's out right now sounds like a lot of stuff that was also considered emo when I was yeah. Like, oh, yeah, in college, and then so does that. Like I said, emo can mean a lot. But nobody sounds like Touche Amori besides Gaojue and Nightwitch. But it'll happen again. True. And Touche Amori is not even like early emo. That was But I, I think Touche Amori is the most like traditional emotional hardcore band that is contemporary. Like in terms of like referencing Rites of Spring. Mm -hmm. Anyhow. Yeah. yeah. No, what's your thing, Justin? For sure. Pure pure emo. Or fake emo. Um So I just, oh, but touching on your point, I mm -hmm. think that there's like even hints of emo, you know, our perspective of what emo is in this new wave of, like, uh, grunge that's oh, coming out and kind of like popping up, like Teenage Wrist and, like, mm -hmm. um, other bands like Teenage Wrist. That Weezer core sound. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. It <laughs> is. Whether you like it or not. It's coming. It's co it is. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely that's, some of that in there. That's alternative rock. Okay, I got you. I, okay, I got touches of it. I want to, like, I, I'm going to preface this with, Brand New is bad people. But there was a point when I realized that Brand New is just whiny seether because I oh, listened shit. to both of those bands growing up. And I was, I just, there's just a moment where I was like, oh, 
This is Seether with yeah. a different vocalist. I would totally disagree. That is <laughs> listen to some of the tracks. It's just it's it's white dude doing this weird like country nostalgic alternative rock. Yeah, I would totally disagree. But anyways, okay, what's your thing, Justin? <laughs> yeah, so Wait, I gotta know. The people need to know. Um, I wanted to talk to you about your recent, uh, the recent opinion you shared on Facebook about um, the South by of... Southwest. Oh, South by. Oh, we that's a that's something we both, you just did. Yeah. We both yeah, toured we met at South by. Yes, yeah. listeners. We Not met for each the first time. Austin yeah. Again, we it was a reunion because we yeah. were both on tour and when we met up there, and I know that you said it was like. It, I, I had well, a bad well, yeah, time. Share your opinion. I said quick. that it was a disingenuous experience where a bunch of touring bands showed up, played their set, and left. Mm-hmm. Didn't talk to anybody, didn't network, and I think that's a waste of their time. They, Everyone that I know scheduled four shows a day, mm-hmm. and I just don't see the point. <coughs> when you're playing unpaid shows of not – networking and and somebody on the thread made the point of like well some of those people were going to watch other shows that's still networking do your thing but like a lot of people that i was talking to were like we're just gonna go to sleep we're just gonna go home we're just gonna go eat Uh and it's just like literally why did you come here like why did you lose the gas money of driving to texas to play to the band who's breaking down and the band who's setting up not say hi to them and then leave yeah, we didn't make any money. Uh, we didn't. I mean, like, we, we, we made some money at, like, some of, like, the house shows and stuff. Okay. Yeah, because someone's – because all – it's not a free showcase, which everything – it seemed like mm-hmm. all the DIY-centered uh, unofficial showcases were all free. Yeah. And, you know, we sold a little bit of merch, but for the most part, we definitely lost money going out yeah. there. And mm-hmm. But you're right. It's It really is a big cocktail party. So if you're going to play and sleep, like, it's not the experience for no, you. No, absolutely. And I – I I knew that going in, so I had my business face on. Yeah, and it's like me too. Our first showcase was literally in a park with children. Fuck yeah! And we made I mean we had friends with them. Like one of these like tweens. Their came parents up. have money. Their parents did not like us, but the kids did. <laughs> mm-hmm. they, you know, they this like eleven year old girl came up with like the, her phone out and was like with our Spotify on it. She's like, "Is this your band?" I was like, "Yeah." And she's Hell like, yeah. "I'm following you." And then we played a metal showcase next, and. It's not music I would have listened to, but I make a point to try to find a way to enjoy any band I'm watching. And I talked to them about it later. And, like, they were super friendly dudes. And they were cool. And they're, uh, like, they're the, one of the bands was, like, older. And the dude's wife was there. And she was like, my daughter would love your band. And she bought, like, three of our shirts. Hell, yeah. She's like, my daughter loves emo. And she's the, like, I don't It's the normie it. crowds that we, we start to be successful yeah. financially. Yeah. Well, only when you talk to them. Only when you oh, make for sure. the effort yes. to have a human connection, which is a, when I see bands not doing that. Like, the band that, that dipped out last night at the show. It's I like, saw that. How are you going to play a show and leave? Because you're it's not getting up. paid. You're not making friends. You might as well have stayed home. Yeah. I, do, I just, it's not even that I'm angry. I just don't. Get it? It seems like a waste of time. When I see musicians talking about how their band broke up because they just couldn't make it, and they think that the industry has these problems or that the scene is like aligned against them, it's just like you just didn't put in the labor of talking to people because that's literally all of art. And, and and maybe we're just weird though because I'm at the point now where you know I'm like, hey, do you like do y'all have, even have a place to stay? Yeah. Like yada yada. I'm really trying to like support the scene and yeah. There's just uh, it's just like a fucking dichotomy. Yeah. At that point, at that point, um, I want to say that South by Southwest for Glazed was 
Um, it was positive more so in, yeah, the conversations we had with people and the people we met and, like, the different, like, you know, I feel like everyone who went to the shows, like, were not normal showgoers. Like, they were involved mm. somehow in the industry. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, they had a blog or they had they worked mm-hmm. for a label or they did this or that. They played in a band. And you know, like- I'm, I'm at bands that, like came to the showcases scouting out the opportunity of South by Southwest for their bands for yeah. next year. Mm-hmm. I, I met people who were uh, doing photography for companies that like, this was a company that gave them their first shot because they're like a new photographer and the company's trying them out because there's so much saturation of media on yeah. South by. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, so it's sort of like a low bar and the company's trying them out. And I made friends with them. I got their Instagrams and like, exactly. I want to support those people. Like genuinely, I really yeah. want them to be successful. And I, and, and they were always, they were like, oh my God, somebody's talking to me. That For real. Like, I know. Like, honestly, like, um, you know, we, we hung out with pool kids a lot. We hung out with that band Bliss that we toured with. Yeah, of course. We got to know them and like. Um, you know, Austin was just, <laughs> dude, it like, wasn't even real. Yeah. Like it was fucking awesome. It and seemed I, like I time think, stopped. And I like, think that's the takeaway is like, if somebody was listening to this and was like, oh, my small band is considering that, yeah. like, if you can network, do it. Definitely. If you, definitely. if you have, how many people gave you business cards and were like, yo, if you're coming through here, like, <laughs> fuck, there was someone at the DIY tour posting showcase that worked for like a radio station in like yeah. fucking Wyoming. And mm-hmm. I, like they were like, hey, like here's my card. Like I work for a radio station. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And we I, met Salim, who yeah. like does the Mexico Salim emo shit. Booked us in Mexico. Yeah, that's sick. That's something we, you know, that I met and you know became mm-hmm. friends with. And like, I hope one day that we could play Mexico because of it. Yeah, you know, because he, you know, we had a conversation. Let's just say that I bought tequila shots. <laughs> <laughs> there was a great uh, drink special that day. Um, yeah, and also we were drunk consistently in in Austin. It was double fisting Lone Star beers and riding fucking birds. Which scooters. we're not advocating using that as like the social lubricant to network. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Says that <laughs> also you don't drink. So. Oh no, it's true. I just I don't think you necessarily grease up promoters with alcohol. But you know. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, if they're already drinking, all I'm gonna say is if you go to help. if you go to South by Southwest with a 24 pack of Lone Star and just stand there, you will make friends. you will make friends. That, People will just come up. That to That is you and, absolutely. And you'll get some beer. It's the kid who has gum at high school. All of a sudden, everyone's your best friend. I know. It really is. That's, like, how we made friends out there at, like, that the one showcase that we went to, but um, and, and we played. I apologize to Ward, who couldn't participate in this because you didn't go. Oh, play no. Play. I got questions. That's you why I was raising stop my the hand. podcast. No, okay. go, Listen, give, it, give us one. It's already a two-parter. It just is. Give us one. Give us one. It just is a two-parter. Which, so, I mean, come on. Um, so, you said – I took two things from y'all's conversation. Um and before I give my points, I want to ask, you started that by saying you thought South by Southwest is disingenuous. Yeah. Uh, based on what you just described, what's the disingenuous part about it? I mean, I think the hot take. Come on. No, no. Okay. So I love the Tyler Fieldhouse hot take. <laughs> I, I hate that I have to do this to get traction on the internet. <laughs> um, I think a lot of bands, when you ask them, why didn't you talk to people? will say, oh, it's the structure, it's it's the nature of South by because we had to be on all these shows. And I think that's the disingenuous part because you literally don't. You don't have to be on 700 yeah. shows a day. You're choosing to do that because you think that if you just waggle your music in front of everybody, like they'll just be like, oh my gosh, it's the second coming. Like your band is so good. This has changed my life. I love you. 
but you're not playing to fans. You're only playing to other bands. Yeah. So you have to just show up, sit there, and listen to music all day for a couple of days, and you have to talk to people. And the people who say that they like can't do that or don't want to do that, like some people literally have social anxiety. People in my band have social anxiety, and we work around that. Mm-hmm. We either have our other members do stuff, or we have certain like coping skills that our members have to like enter certain conversations, then politely leave. Like there's ways to work around all of it. There's ways to arrange your schedule, but I just felt like a lot of bands thought that this was their time to show off. When realistically, the part where you're playing your set is the least important part. And yeah. that's the part, especially that if you're doing unofficial shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Which sounds- is the same round of bands mm-hmm. that are always playing. Exactly. Right. So it sounds to me, Rap Boys, Awake with Still in Bed. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I love those bands. Oh yeah, they were awesome. But they were like on every showcase. Exactly. So that makes me sound like, in my head. It's not as much as it's disingenuous, but the the pe- people going just they don't understand what it, they think they're playing like a fest and they're just gonna play a whole bunch of times in front of a whole bunch of people and it sounds like it's more a giant networking event. Oh, it, it is it definitely. And is, so, but we play were... a few times, yes, but also be yeah, be there to hustle to meet people. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I would, I mean, that's something. I think we've talked about it before, but that's just something that a lot of bands coming up over the last like 15 years, man, don't do anymore. Well, you know, Mayday Parade got thrown out there. We were talking about, you know, earlier. They Mayday Parade something because the last try and defining moment were two bands out of bumfuck Tallahassee that no mm-hmm. one knew uh, about because if you weren't, fr- because Creed was already hated by everyone. So nobody <laughs> right. was listening to anyone out of Tallahassee. And these two bands. Followed Warp Tour, yeah, promoting oh, yeah, yeah. outside the gate until Warp Tour finally said, "These kids that keep hanging around, let's throw them on the No Name stage." They hustled. They were at every show that a band similar sounding to them was at was playing. So I found a lot of bands that yeah. I liked was the parking lot of Warp Tours, yeah. dude. I mean, and they would do that, and they would do that locally. They would go to the mall or wherever people that they thought would like their music were, and they would hustle and mm-hmm. they would network. And they would bust ass. It's because, dude, it's we're in this noticed. we're in the single generation. And it sounds yeah, to me yeah. like South by Southwest sounds like a good idea for yeah. A band it's almost at a, it's almost a fucking time warp because right. like it, it's less like ego, mm-hmm. more like Migos. But know what you're going <laughs> know what you're going for. But okay, but but at least with me, I can tell mm-hmm. as as probably the most business minded person, definitely the most business minded in my band probably the most in like my local area to a point where mm-hmm. people kind of think I'm an asshole. Like mm-hmm. I can tell when somebody's just talking to me as, as a contact. And that's the part right. that I didn't like. That was the disingenuous. Okay. And also like fans who don't want to share gear, don't want to oh, help yeah. some other band carry their stuff, you know, like, uh, and I've run into that obviously at other shows, mm-hmm. but it's like, I, I get really frustrated at bands who are using DIY as a stepping stone to when they finally have their big documentary talking about how they roughed it in a van and like, you know, like struggled through punk rock, mm-hmm. but realistically are just doing it so they can say that they did that. Like, I actually like music that people make and I like people making art and I want right. to see them do it. And I don't care if it's necessarily something I like and I don't care. Mm-hmm. If they want to borrow my stuff as long as they don't break it. And yeah. I don't care if they want my contacts. I will give you my contacts. But don't walk up to me and say, hey, I heard you're from Florida. What's the fest email? 
like oh, yeah. talk to me like a human being first. Right. Like last night, yeah. um, buy you dinner first. Like, like I talked oh. to a band last night. We talked all night, and then at the end, they're like, "Hey, what's the fest email?" And like that was a natural conclusion of mm-hmm. a conversation we were having about fest. I know someone else that wants that, so I need to get that from you. <laughs> 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 but there are people that I know, and like if I had, I would have given it to them. Like I have great shit with. Anyways, my but. Unfortunately, what is the fest email, by the way? No, I'm just <laughs> y'all, do y'all not have it, dude? We're, we're trying so... to get. We've been trying to get on fest for the past four years, and it just doesn't work out. Glacier's we just don't so make the cut, fest. but that's okay. You have to play with fest bands. Yes, I know. We're 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 very tight friends with a lot of the Gainesville bands. Yeah, and that's just been a thing for like the, since I've been in music. I just right. I have friends there, and I think absolutely that's, that's the move. You I'm, you have to be part yeah. of the community. Fest yeah. has to see you as part of the community. Of music, which is why I like it better than South Pike, because Most I F. think Fest, Fest cares a little bit less about popularity and a little bit more about like being part of the punk rock community, mm-hmm. which I'm just like I'm a, I'm so about that. It's yeah. sick. It's sick. Yeah, no, and I can agree with that. I mean, unfortunately, also at South by Southwest, you're always going to run into people doing. That oh, type I hate of people. Thing. <laughs> well, yeah. you're doing that type <laughs> of thing. Yeah, no business. But it's that learning. Both sides of it. Oh, yeah, of course. And I've I've needed to meet somebody for absolutely mercenary purposes before, but when I go to talk to them, I will do my best to genuinely learn something about them because I yeah. I don't want to be that. I've had to be that person where I just need a contact from you. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna find out what your sister's college major is and yeah, yeah, what yeah. you think about it. You know, and how your parents feel about your music career, and then I'm going to ask you. I'm not going to. You're not going to friend request someone on Facebook and then immediately say, "Hey, I'm in this band and we need to play." You're going to pretend like you want to be friends with them first. I'm not going to pretend like I want to be friends. I'm going <laughs> to treat them like a human being. Right. I, I yeah. think there's a way to not. I'm be... making a joke, Tyler. <laughs> Fuck it. No, 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 like I no, I get caught up in yeah. this a lot online too, where it's like I there's there's a line where you can be disingenuously friendly. Sure. Like, I just True. just literally we all know why we're here. Just yep. show mutual human respect and like talk to people like people. Yep, that's yep. it. It's you know, simple. In, in for this sure. community, we gotta have each other's backs. Yeah, for sure. And, and and it's almost in the same way that that we connect with people. Like honestly, if I saw someone in a Get Up Kids shirt out in public, I would have their back more. Yeah, than any, I, I would than oh, anyone yeah, else. Them, you know what I mean? Like yep. I would automatically, be like, dude. Like you want to come over to my place? Like you yeah. know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Like it's that it's that sort of connection and and existing out there in South by Southwest at the showcases that we did, um, you know it's good to make friends and have Lone Star, and have Lone Star beer. The one way to make friends, not endorsed by Lone Star. Yeah, yeah, and don't scooter and drive. (laughs) Oh God! Or don't drink and scooter. (laughs) Don't drink. You had some Lone Star. We gotta stop. Yeah, I know. Don't drink and drive. Thank you for coming on, Justin. We love you, Justin. Hey, uh, if I could just plug something real quick. Yeah, now obviously. (laughs) Um, thanks for listening, Punk House. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I was stoked when uh the Facebook message group was created by Tyler. Um, check out uh glazed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I on uh, yeah <laughs> on our like we have a facebook and an instagram and twitter and uh we're gonna be dropping new music this summer more singles absolutely yeah we're, we're coming out with our first music video ever which is going to be sick because we're all weird as fucking creative and like this we're really, song like, is awesome we're really writing i haven't um, heard it yet but i already know it's awesome yeah it's called shaky archery it'll come out hopefully sometime in like may or june and then we're gonna have an okay. ep called 1999 come out sometime this year cool I'll be on the lookout for it. Fuck yeah. Thank you all for listening. Yeah.